0: Um, I think I'm good to go. You good? Yeah, I think so. You good. Yep. You want to give me my usual lead in, Ryan? Welcome to this week's episode of the Top 5 Report, the podcast that knows forgiveness is divine, but we never pay full price for late pizza. My name is Drew. I'll be your host for the evening. Along with me is my brother Pete. Hi, everybody. And Ryan's here as well, giving us the salute as usual. So, before we get started with anything, uh, we want to let everyone know that we did all see Venom and we're planning on talking about it. So. We're gonna hold off on that just a second to talk some. What are we watching? And then we'll roll into Venom. I want to kind of put that at the beginning of the show, um, only because if people want to skip ahead because they don't want spoilers, we can you know be like, hey, skip
1: ahead and then right end on. the rest of the show. So. Uh, yeah. So, would you watch anything? Um, I watched uh, the season premiere of The Walking Dead. Uh, okay. Have you watched this yet? or
0: Not yet. Okay. I am... My fandom for The Walking Dead is kind of waning a little bit. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about yeah, things. I, I,
1: I don't know if that's... The, I was going to say, I don't know if I'm in the super minority but like I still really like this show I think that uh I think this is season nine and it's I think it was nine. season seven was really slow but the last one I thought was awesome like it had everything I wanted in a season and this one seems to be off to a good start um, so
0: season seven was really slow I'll give yes. you that season eight is where I got really frustrated as a viewer and you gotta and here's what I'll say I've read the comics right and I've read the comics beyond where the show physically is right now in terms of comic background. So I know like everything that should be coming Mm -hmm. and maybe my frustration is, will you get there already? Maybe that's what it <laughs> but is. But then the, I, the comics probably took a while to get there, The comics too. did, but yeah. I didn't know where they were going. Mm-hmm. And I have a feeling that maybe my frustration
1: is because I know where it should go, and yeah. it's taking way too long <laughs> to get there. But go ahead. Fair <laughs> enough. Um, no, I mean, this. I was kind of hoping one of you guys had seen it, but, yeah, this season uh, premiere It's was, sitting on my DVR. Right. <laughs> I just haven't watched it yet. I thought it was really interesting. It was, if you know how the last season ends, it kind of picks up in unexpected ways like from the problems they solved from last season not everything's solved and there is aftermath and there is a pushback from that i don't want to say too much to avoid spoilers but uh yeah i think they're heading in really interesting directions um and i mean for people who want the show to be more about killing zombies the first half of the show is pretty much all about killing zombies (laughs) yeah (laughs) okay there you go Um, maybe that's all right, maybe I can jump right in. I right. just,
0: I, I don't know, like, and the other thing is them saying that this is Rick Grimes, like, final episodes, mm-hmm. is, like, maybe that's the big commercial draw, but if that's the draw, like, there needs to be more to it.
1: You yeah, know? for sure. So, um... Yeah, and then otherwise, I know uh, *Impractical Jokers* season one is on Netflix, so I've just been watching a ton of that. Oh, I don't, don't know if you watched that show no, at all, but it's. I super have. I've, I've seen so. <laughs> it. I just
0: I don't watch it religiously. I'm like, oh, it's the new season. Yeah, um, but I have seen the show. It's a that's a that's a really fun one. Mm-hmm, for sure. Um, I watched. Uh, no, Flash started this week. Uh, Flash came back. I'll I'll say this like I know I watch a ton of superhero stuff and it's primarily what my DVR looks like it's like all comic book shows but yeah. this episode of the Flash was amazing like on a scale of like this goes back to like some of those season 1 like amazing stories that they were trying to tell back then when they were really trying to get their feet wet mm-hmm. lots of it was very emotional and they showed some stuff like that I've been waiting for since I've been waiting for for five seasons for them to do it. Like, there was an issue with his suit, and he didn't have any suits, and then a character handed him a ring and said, hey, this might work for you, and it's, this, and it's the ring suit that you know from the comic books. That's it was, awesome. It was re- like, it was like just an exciting episode top to bottom, mm-hmm. so
1: I'm really glad Flash is back. Um, and, is he in the—I know he had a new suit coming out. Is he wearing that yet? He is now because it was in the ring. <laughs> so my question with that so, suit is— if he falls on his chin, there's no protection anymore. So what's he gonna do? You know what? If he's I, going a couple hundred miles per hour. Falls on his chin. That's kind of he's funny because it's kind of funny
0: because they wrote that into the show. Oh they? really? Yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty hilarious. sure they wrote that in when they showed the original costume. Okay. But one of the things that I thought was amazing was that in the very very first episode of the show, so season one, episode one, they show a newspaper from the future that says the Flash disappears during Crisis. Now, if you read comic books, you know that refers to the Crisis on Infinite Earths, when The Flash was written out of DC Mm -hmm. Comics continuity for 30 years. Like, no Barry Allen Flash for 30 years. And then later, Barry Allen would reappear, right? So there's this event that happened that dealt with the timeline in this specific episode. So season five, episode one dealt with the timeline. Yeah. And when he questions a specific character about the knowledge of the future, they showed him the newspaper. And then said, just so you know, this is the newspaper 25 years after that event. And it said, the Flash is still missing. And you're just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so, they're like, wow, that's amazing. So, mm-hmm. it's it's really exciting stuff. That sounds great. You know. Um, and then, uh, as an update, I went and saw the Game of Thrones in concert.
1: Oh, yeah. Last week. We talked about that, yeah.
0: that last week. The show was astounding. Um, to me... Uh, I, I know people like to go see bands, like rock concerts and stuff like that. To me, going and watching an orchestra play, that's a concert. And this was something in the nerd culture category of, I'm a big Game of Thrones fan, I love the show, I loved the books, I'm going to see the orchestra play the music from the show.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They had this giant screen that was playing clips from the show that was like, it was like a little music video for each song they played. The composer was there, he talked about variations, and... It was amazing. If you're a Game of Thrones fan, I highly recommend going. Uh, there was a little bit of emotional stuff. Like, if you know the game, if you watch Game of Thrones and you know about the Red Wedding, the composer stopped everything, talked a little bit about the Red Wedding, and then we watched the full sequence of the Red Wedding <laughs> while the orchestra played the music. You know, they did the Battle of the Bastards. They we watched the whole sequence of the battle while the orchestra played the music. It was it was just really That's cool. Great. And then to close it out they played like a giant they played like the theme but it was like an overtured theme like with variations of other themes in it and then they they ran on the big screen an immorium to every character that died on the show <laughs> so nice. it was i i was really impressed it was fantastic um, the only thing i'm going to complain about and i do have a quibble and it has nothing to do with the show it has to do with people and if you show up late to a concert, you shouldn't be let in. <laughs> they were when the show started. The show starts mm-hmm. and it was fine, but then like there were people arriving like ten minutes late. Mm-hmm. So there was points that you'd have to kind of like stand up and let them pass you to get to their seats. And you're just like, if this happened and an actually like because this was at Allstate Arena, like at Rosemont. So if this happened in like the Chicago or uh, theater on Michigan Avenue downtown Chicago if you're not there on time, they don't let you into the concert. <laughs> right. So it really, that really irked me for like about five minutes. I'm like, why are you people showing up late? <laughs> um, otherwise, the concert was amazing. So They,
1: they need more uh, bouncers or ticket uh Takers who are more like Bruce Campbell. Well, the, uh, everyone thinks Tobey Maguire Spider Man. <laughs> the world,
0: I feel, it's, it's like everyone thinks the world should run on their time, and not, yeah, you know, there shouldn't be a time that everyone has to adhere to. And I'm sorry, but this is for sure. you know, a concert or like movies don't wait for people. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, so yeah, you Fair can't enough. you can't DVR a live show. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Anyway, I love Game not of Thrones. Yet, Game least. of Thrones in concert was great. If it ever comes back, because it was a one night <laughs> event in Chicago. So if mm-hmm. it ever comes back. Everybody who likes Game of Thrones should go see this show. Sweet. Yeah, it was great. Are you watching anything else? No? No, that's about it for me right now. You want to move into Venom real fast? Sounds good. Okay, so, spoiler warning to everybody listening, we're going to spoil the crap out of this movie. Uh... So if you want uh to zip forward a few seconds. Um, not a few seconds. You're gonna have to zip forward a little bit. I you know, wanna give you guys that warning to let us know that we're let you guys know that we're talking about this. So mm-hmm. all three of us saw the movie. Yes. So here we go, guys. You've been warned. <laughs> Venom, first reactions, go.
1: Okay, so um well, everybody gave it all the critics gave it a horrible review. Um so I went in and I kind <clears> of At first, I was like, oh, man, that's hard to hear, but I didn't necessarily think it was going... I guess I knew I was going to enjoy it in some capacity because I, if, even if it's just the imagery, I knew I was going to enjoy it. But leading up to when I finally got to see it, I was hearing a lot of people say, like, no, it's actually really good. We really liked it. I don't know what the critics are talking about. It's the Lady and... Gaga
0: stuff you talked about last week. <laughs> the Lady Gaga fans went on and tried to downplay the movie. And, if you <laughs> you know, like I said, I never look at Rotten Tomato scores. But after you said that, when the movie released, yeah. all those scores flip-flopped. Because the Lady Gaga fans couldn't say anything because all the actual fans were mm-hmm. going, Hey, no, no, no,
1: no, no. And if you look at box office dollars, mm-hmm. it's Venom even came out on top. So. It's the uh, Disney conspiracy that Disney's paying off uh, critics to give like non-MCU comic book movies bad right. reviews. So Well, but that
0: doesn't work in this case because this <laughs> only strengthens the Disney model. Does it? Well, yeah, because... They, they, they said that the Spider-Man and the Venom... Venom exists in Spider-Man's universe. Okay, and I we didn't haven't existed in Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. So Venom technically is the beginning of what is supposed to be the interconnection. So when Tom Holland is done, like, after the next Spider-Man movie, there's going to be another Venom movie. And Venom and Spider-Man got to square off. I mean, hopefully. You know? I just well, thought
1: that... I kind of took it as Sony was just trying to build their own universe in the back door while Disney had their stuff going on. And it was just kind of what we can get away with, even though it's not connected to Spider-Man, is kind of how right. I've been taking so it. We're so we're
0: going off on a brief tangent. Yes. But my understanding was that Disney's, ma- sorry, Sony's making a Spider-Man universe, but they're trying to adhere to what Marvel's doing and play nice. So when Spider-Man's done doing something Avengers they have him for what they're doing. Because they've already said that Tom Holland's the Spider-Man. Okay. So if he's playing Spider-Man in Avengers, he's playing Spider-Man yeah. over here. You know yeah. what I mean? And if you look at the if you look at the opening of Spider-Man Homecoming, you see the Marvel logo for sure because it's a Marvel film, but you see the Sony logo.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like they shared it. So they're sharing the characters. So they're building their Spider-Man universe while they're yeah. making sure
1: they fit what's going on with the mm. other stuff. So essentially we're just confirming for the audience that – it is Lady Gaga fans bringing this movie down. It's not <laughs> yes. the Disney conspiracy. Yes, absolutely. Um, no, but uh, to bring it back... back to on that, top. Yeah, to bring it back to what I was saying, I was just not... I would not want to say surprised because I, by the time I had seen it, I'd heard it was good, and I watched the movie, and I enjoyed it quite a bit. So um, I don't know if you want to go into specifics or if you want to kind of give your rating or... Uh, so... We'll go into specifics in a second. Ryan, did
0: you have anything you want to say about the movie other than giving me a thumbs up? Ryan, by the way, when we walked out of the theater. because So, Ryan and I went and saw it together, and Peter went and saw it on his own, but mm-hmm. when we were walking out of the theater, Ryan was like, that was awesome. Like That was kind of <laughs> like his review. Very soft-spoken, but he mm-hmm. seemed to really like it. Nice. I felt that the movie was... I mean, the movie was great. I liked it a lot. I felt that the movie was uh, slow at first, and... I was kind of like itching in my seat because I felt like it was kind of slow moving, like a slow burn start, and it started to really bother me. And then I thought to myself, maybe it's not actually what I think it is because I really just want to see Venom. Right. And where I was getting itchy was like, can you hurry up and show me Venom? <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: for sure. <laughs> because
0: once he was Venom, it was nonstop Venom. Oh, yeah. You know, so it was like, it was exactly what we wanted. So that slow burn in my processing it while we waited for to record this episode, I realized that my irritation with that beginning wasn't yeah. really warranted. It was kind of dumb that I was kind of...
1: I, I know what you mean, because the first like 45 minutes of the movie or something, I feel, is just uh kind of establishing eddie brock's life what he's doing all that and then you don't really get into the venom stuff until later um we also usually get venom
0: as a supporting character to spider-man and venom has to be his own thing Mm -hmm. and taking the time because we have to treat eddie brock as if he's brand new yeah and
1: having that it, it was it was a true superhero origin story is really what it was yeah I so. mean, I always go back to, if you watch the very first uh, Sam Raimi Spider-Man, that movie jumps right into it. Within the first 15 minutes, uh, Green Goblin has his powers, Spider-Man has his powers, and then the costumes and everything come later. But first 15 minutes, they've already had, like, the origin set up. This movie was a little bit slower, but I think you saying, like, you this might not be exactly what you think. This was, to me, it, it's kind of like a... Horror superhero movie, or like a monster superhero movie, or maybe it's paced more like a monster movie in a weird way. Like, you have to establish this guy who's down on his luck, kind of establish his whole situation while there's this weird sci-fi stuff going on at the same time and then once he actually turns into the monster it's like halfway through the movie you know uh most good werewolf movies start out where maybe the first character or the main character doesn't know he's a werewolf until halfway through and then it's nothing but werewolf action for the end of this right until the end this movie is pretty similar in that way so
0: now the original uh Origin of Venom was Spider-Man had it first, mm-hmm. he cast it away and then it goes to Venom or it goes to Eddie Brock and he becomes Venom. There's another variation of the symbiote's coming to Earth where J. Jonah Jameson's son, I think, went to the moon because he's an astronaut, encountered a symbiote and brought it back and then mm-hmm. that created Venom and that's how they did it in Spider-Man 3. Yeah. This I feel like they played off of that a little bit for this movie because they um, they didn't really show going to the moon, but they showed the spaceship returning to Earth, exactly carrying the symbiotes. So I was like, okay, that's familiar territory. And what I really liked, because you mentioned the monster movie, is after the crash of the spaceship, I really liked the fact that it was it really was like a scary alien, creepy movie. Like it was yes. actually kind of like a scary movie until he became Venom, and once he becomes Venom. It's just superhero amazingness all the way right. to the for the rest of the film. I mean,
1: yeah, I mean, I yeah, I agree with that and that I don't. But I did want to mention the first astronaut who gets infected. They do say it's Jameson before they bring him into the ambulance. I don't know if you caught that or not. Oh, no, yeah, no. they say it's Jameson. So it's like that's J. Jonah's, that's son. Jonah's yeah. son. Wow, um, I completely missed that Easter egg. And and I do agree. Once he does have the Venom suit, it is like crazy superhero action. But just certain parts, like. Uh, the part where he fights off all those um security guards or maybe there's like a SWAT team the or something. The ones in at his, his apartment? No, the ones at his old uh job, the TV station or whatever he works for in the in the lobby. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, when he fights off that, some of that was just shot to me like like at the end there's like this sweeping camera shot that goes upwards and it shows Venom like roar at the ceiling. Oh, yeah. It was such like a horror movie shot to me. Well not but, only
0: that, but that's a that's a direct like Todd McFarlane art piece okay right you know, yeah. like that's straight out of the McFarl- McFarlane drawings yeah. so yeah there was there they did they handled venom really well and i actually saw uh todd McFarlane. he either tweeted it or said in an interview he said that the one thing i hoped for this movie was that venom was big that's all i wanted and <laughs> nice. venom
1: was big so mm-hmm. yeah i mean uh todd McFarlane was tweeting so many pictures from the premiere and stuff and it just seemed like he was having a blast, so right. that was You're awesome. Probably to this see. would be the greatest thing. But, uh, oh, going with the monster thing too. Um, the next movie that Sony is like planning on filming, I guess, is Morbius, starring yeah. Jared Leto, and so that's going to be a monster. That's movie. That's going to be a monster it's movie. Morbius, the Living Vampire, and I was kind of chuckling about this to myself, but I was like, what if Sony is actually setting up a better monster shared universe than universal's dark universe (laughs) (laughs) yeah
0: that's that's actually funny so we have the yeah sony's uh sony's dark universe right for sure um so the initial viewing of venom the initial scene where he becomes venom the the bike the motorcycle chase leading into him Mm -hmm. becoming venom
1: um what did you think of that sequence i mean it was a I thought it was a really fun, fast-paced motorcycle scene. I think they show a lot of just kind of what a symbi- symbiote can do in this movie, and right. that scene was really well, going through a well, lot right of that, before, but... And right before that scene started, that's when he was, like, he was
0: really hearing the voice for the first mm-hmm. time, because it leads into him hearing the voice in his apartment, and then they when he's, like, out in the alley and he looks in the window of the car and he sees Venom's reflection mm-hmm. in the car window. Like, I remember Ryan leaning over to me in the theater and went, that was cool, mm-hmm. you know. That's straight so, out of the
1: comics, too. Yeah, and that the, is straight I remember out of the them comics. doing that in the comics and the old cartoons with the re- reflection stuff, and that's always really fun to me. Right. Um, but I think, yeah, I think that was just a really cool scene and it built up to, like, a really fun reveal when he actually I wish, has the full transformation. I do
0: wish that, because at the very end, I'm going to jump real quick to the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. The scene at the end of the movie where he takes half of the face away so you can see half Venom face, half Eddie Brock face. I wish they would have done more of that in the movie as a whole. Like, maybe taken it away so it's just his head and then brought it back. Or, like, you know, just a piece of his, like, a part of his head so he could talk to the girlfriend real quick and then bring it back. You know what I mean? Like, I wish they would have done a little bit more of that. But um, Yeah,
1: I think that's true. There is a balance. Like, they could have had that a little bit. But as long as they do show the actual face of Venom talking to um, I remember in Spider-Man 3, I was really disappointed that every time Venom talks, his face would pull away and you'd see Topher yeah, Rice talking with his dumb little fangs sticking out. But. I know. Um,
0: so the big bad in this movie, obviously so the guy, the guy who owned the Life Corporation, I'm yes. blanking on his name right now, which is fine, I've only seen the movie once,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but uh, he becomes Riot mm-hmm. and Riot is one is the enemy symbiote in this, so it's Venom versus Riot. I wish that we would have gotten to know who the other symbiotes were. Um, you know, was it was she Venom there? Was Anti Venom there? Was, you know, there's there's mm-hmm. other symbiotes, and I kind of looked them all up to kind of give myself. I think a little...
1: is one of them Scream or something. Yeah, and Scream that's the Yellow and, One. Yeah. which I think that's like. Pretty much for sure in the movie because there was one of the s- symbiotes was yellow that yeah. they were showing. So,
0: I mean, you could you could argue that, but I wish there was a little bit more of a... Because when Venom explained their race, when he explained to Eddie Brock their race and there's there's millions of them, and he mentioned Riot and he started... That was the Transformers part of the movie to me. So Right. And I say that because when he mentions Riot and he's more the leader... Like the way he talked about Riot as a character,
1: I was like, Wow, okay, so he's like the Megatron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so No, yeah, I could definitely see that and that whole that was probably the biggest part where it's like you have to suspend your disbelief and like Oh no, you you had is, to
0: just it's a comic
1: book movie. Yeah. You had to walk into it knowing it's a comic book mm-hmm. movie. I totally And agree with um, that. as the movie goes, you notice that venom becomes less scary and more funny in a lot of ways where like at first he's just this really sinister uh you know creature and then by that towards the end he becomes kind of like a lot of the comic relief is actually what venom says right and And i
0: and i think that's really funny too because i was thinking about when we were doing our marvel characters list like on the like second or third episode of the show back back then and i had said that i don't really count venom as a villain because he's Mm -hmm. too anti he's more of a hero character like he's just looked at in the battle like i just thought that was funny because we had that conversation and here (laughs) i am watching this whole movie where venom's like the hero
1: yeah well i think it's also like venom's venom's a villain but eddie brack is an anti-hero or in between if that makes sense uh
0: the girlfriend Getting to use the symbiote, Uh, Anna got to use the symbiote for a little bit. I thought that was fantastic. Uh, The big fight scene at the end, Venom versus Riot. There's a sequence where, and this is, I mean, talk. I mean, there is heavy CGI in this movie because Venom has to be a CGI character. But seeing Riot and Venom like almost like ripping each other apart, Mm -hmm. and then seeing the people inside the symbiotes like still attached, like in the mess of them ripping each other, that was such a cool like. Visual on screen, like that's what you want to see yep. when you watch when you read the comic books for Venom, that's what you're getting. Mm-hmm. So, if you don't read comic books and you wonder why all the comic book fans are like going crazy about like how they have to do this sh- movie right, I mean, honestly, aside from like maybe some minor hiccups trying to make the figuring out their
1: own origin, I think they handled this movie really oh, well. Yeah, they I think so too. And just like as you were talking about the visuals, like. All the symbiotes they showed in the movie looked, in my mind, in in my imagination, they looked how they should look. Like, they had the right texture, the right kind of movement. Like, this is what a symbiote would look like in real life. And just, um, I mean, going to that fight scene, it's just showing how, like, they're kind of, like, fighting each other while their symbiotes are wrapping around each other. And it's really crazy to watch. But it's also just, like I said before, showing what kind of powers you can have and what a symbiote can do. You know, they were... There's both, like, Venom almost, like, web-slinging with, like, his, like, stretching out his arms and stuff, and then you've got Riot, who's turning his arms into blades and right. characters shooting spikes out of their symbiotes, and it's just really interesting, and I'm glad they put yeah, all that, and that stuff in there. Yeah, that's stuff
0: you know? we saw from... That's stuff right from the comic books, mm-hmm. and that's the thing. We... So, right before Venom i got to go on a brief tangent, and I can come back. Right before the movie started, Ryan and I got treated to the trailer for Alita Battle Angel, mm-hmm. which is based off of an anime or manga or however you want to word it, and then brought to a live action. Mm-hmm. You and I were talking in the kitchen right before we sat down to <laughs> record this that there's a controversy over Alita's eyes. Now, if you look at the character, she's a robot, but her eyes are a little bit bigger because, well, for starters, she's a robot. (laughs) Secondly, they're trying to make her look like the anime character from the show slash mangas. Yes. Right? So there's an argument here where, is there an internet controversy because they want him to look like the character? Or are we having a controversy because it doesn't look human enough? I say she's a unique robot and make her look like the show because she's an anime character so make her look like the anime character Mm -hmm. but because she's a robot it's okay that she looks like that she doesn't have to look like the person right so all we do as nerd culture fans like comic book fans you know it doesn't matter we want what's on the page to be exactly what's on the screen we whine and moan and argue and there's so many people out there that have (laughs) very loud voices that they want everything to be exact Yeah. No, I'm sorry. Flash's costume has to look that. Loki's horns have to have the curve exactly like that. If it doesn't look like that, it's stupid to me and I hate it. Like, that's how the internet reacts. But here's these guys giving you exactly what it looks like (laughs) and people are complaining. So when I think about that and I watch the Venom movie, they're giving me Venom looks like Venom. Riot looks like Riot.
1: Yeah, certainly. And that's you know? what's... Uh,
0: and I'm and I'm seeing... Sorry, one uh, more interruption yeah. and then take it off. I'm seeing them take actual stuff from the pages of these comic books, whether you're watching Infinity War to whatever, it doesn't matter, and they're giving me exactly that on screen.
1: Right. Go ahead, um, sorry. No, I mean, I think that's kind of cool too, because they somehow in this movie they really struck a balance where certain things that Venom does is extremely cartoony looking like it's extremely straight out of a comic book but somehow they pulled it off where you can still watch it and take it seriously and I'm somebody who loves cartoons and comic books more than most things in my life and so I'm like always ready to accept that stuff but the fact that the general public is okay with venom stretches out his arms and his hands look kind of really cartoony but it was just done in a way that's really believable and really well done. Um, as far as, like, Alita Battle Angel, I'm kind of on the fence with how her eyes look, but I do think I the think movie... I think she looks really good. I do think the movie looks really good, so I'm not going to let it bug me, but right. I, do, I do understand the argument that, like, why is one character stylized to look like anime, but not all the rest of the characters are, and... Yada, yada, we don't have to get into necessarily all that because I'm not going to let it ruin my experience. Oh, no,
0: I just movie. think that if you watch the trailer, they call it, they keep talking about how she's a unique robot. Right. So if she doesn't look like everybody exactly, it just made me think to myself, if, oh, because she's unique.
1: Yeah, and I mean, if nothing else, it's definitely drawing attention to the film and to the character and making it memorable as opposed to, like, Ghost in the Shell, for example, with Scarlett Johansson. Hey, um... That's our list this week, but uh, <laughs> right. Ghost in the Shell, which a lot of people I don't think necessarily saw or wasn't right. necessarily a big memorable movie How about this? last year.
0: We'll be talking about Ghost in the Shell later. <laughs> okay, so, sounds good. <laughs> um, with that being said, so we'll come back to that, but let's, I don't know what else to say about Venom in terms of my review since, I mean, I loved it, I loved the movie, but when I think about like, I mean, this like more stuff, and we could be talking about this right episodes and episodes, but I do want to talk about that end bonus scene okay um any thoughts there before i like you know you wanna yeah bury them? Um, you want to tell everyone what happened in that one specific bonus <laughs> scene <laughs> so big spoilers so you've been warned
1: so um well first i'll just give my last comment on sure. the movie is tom hardy i thought was amazing as eddie brock oh like tom hardy like exemplified exactly what this character should be he yeah he how he acted in this movie is like how i imagine eddie brock would act and he just just the way he pulled it off it just really illustrated what kind of character eddie brock is and how he skirts the edge between villain and hero um as far as the post credit scene so at the end of the movie eddie brock has a quick conversation with his ex-girlfriend on her front porch. And uh, he mentions that he has the interview of the of a lifetime. Right. But he doesn't say what it was. Go into the credits, into the post credit scene, you see Eddie Brock tra- uh, traveling into this prison and going into a prison cell to interview, you guessed it, Cletus Cassidy. So yeah. Cletus Cassidy turns around in his chair in this... So Cletus Cassidy's cell is actually really similar to Harley Quinn's from Suicide Squad, yeah, where it's like a cell within a cell to like make sure there's no way he can get out. But he spins around in his chair, and who is it? It's Woody
0: Harrelson, yeah. which is interesting because if you look at the... Uh, Woody, if you look at the credits, um, like IMDb, Woody Harrelson is unnamed as a character. <laughs> in he's in the movie, but he has no character name.
1: <gasps> I feel like I saw that before the movie <laughs> came out. I'm like, oh, weird, Woody Har- Harrelson's in it. I wonder what he's going to be. But he doesn't it. have a... But his, his character name yeah. is not listed on the credits. So um, it, for those
0: of people who don't know, Cletus Cassidy becomes Carnage. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the biggest villains of all in terms of the Spider-Man slash Venom mythos. Yeah. Yeah. Um, He's one of the biggest bads in the Marvel universe. He was on my list of the my top five Marvel villains. Uh, he's I,
1: he's a serial killer. He's so a serial
0: killer that gets Eddie combined Brock, with Eddie a
1: Brock as Venom. Skirts the line. Cletus Cassidy is full on evil essentially. Yeah, yeah. And, and with the symbiote, it just makes it worse. Right? So. Exactly.
0: So the fact that he has him in the movie is amazing the fact that they just had him mention that he even said the line. He's like, when I get out, there will be carnage. (laughs) And I was like, that's fantastic. For those of you who don't know, I'm carnage. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like it was a really great setup scene and that wasn't in there as like a joke or a, Dream, pipe dream that was in there because they are planning on Carnage as a villain. Exactly, plan. they're planning it. They want to do it, and they're probably and they're
1: probably going to make enough money on Venom that the studio is going to say just make another movie. Um, so, when I think of Carnage, like when I think of Cletus Cassidy and how he looks in the comics, the my go-to guy to cast as that character is the guy who played uh, he played Rorschach in the Watchmen. Oh and yeah. He also played uh, Freddy Krueger in the Nightmare on Elm Street reboot. So that guy, I feel like he looks the part. He could pull it off Jackie great. Jackie Earl Haley. Is that his name? I want to say that's his name. I think he could pull it off really well. But then it was the biggest surprise seeing Woody Harrelson in it. And as soon as I saw that, I'm like, that's awesome. This is going to be fun. And that's like all I was left <laughs> with is this next movie is going to be so fun with Woody Harrelson right. in it. So yeah, um, Yeah, no, it was great. We're
0: running a little long on our thing, so I want to end the Venom talk if we can. Yeah, that's all good. Because we're gonna be, we'll we'll end up back on Venom at some point. Right. Uh, We do have two news stories that we want to talk about, and then we'll jump into the list. So we'll be quick about the news stories. So for starters, your spoiler warning is over. We're back to our regular scheduled (laughs) program. Uh, So let's talk about the Batwoman photo. We mentioned Batwoman is coming to the CW shows. We mentioned Ruby Rose is playing her, and the internet hates the fact that a non-lesbian is playing Batwoman. But she is a lesbian, so everyone needs to calm down. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, But no, they released the first photo of her in costume as Batwoman. She looks like Batwoman, <laughs> right? Like you know, I just said you want it to look exactly like it does in the comic books. You look at the picture of what
1: Batwoman looks like in the comic books, and then you look at Ruby Rose, and you go, yeah. "You look like Batwoman." Yeah, she she looks awesome and exactly how she should look. And it's um, just a photo. It's just a press yeah. photo for the you know for their upfronts or whatever. But and and to be honest, I mean, there's little things like I think her cape looks really thin as far as the fabric thickness and stuff. That's also uh, a could, lighting you thing could, you can't well, tell. Well, I was gonna say you, know? you could nitpick stuff, but I. I remember when the very first Flash photo was re- released, and he looked cool, like the CW Flash. He looked good, but I was like, there's a little bit you could nitpick yeah. on there. But knowing the CW, and it is on the CW that she's going to get. Knowing the CW and how they've done the character costumes before, I just know it's going to look awesome. Because right. she already looks good, and I know it's going to be 10 to 20% better once right. it's and on if screen. you And if
0: you want to see a really cool Ruby Rose in combat action sequence go watch john wick too and she's got a really great fight sequence with um Keanu reeves in the movie and the way i looked at it was uh she gets cast as batwoman and you know it's a very physical fighting like she's a batman character yeah kind of a thing so we want her to be able to fight and hold her own and then you go watch this movie and you go yep she can handle it this will be great so yeah you know
1: well i mean it goes back to the i don't understand why there was any backlash in the first place for ruby rose cast as batwoman right but right well <laughs> <laughs> do you know the picture have you seen any backlash from that from no this press i've just okay. seen i've just I've seen praise seen, but... i've only seen praise too so that's yeah. a really good thing but she
0: looks like batwoman and that's mm-hmm. what i want her to look like so right on um at any rate so moving on to the next piece of news is we've talked about james gunn a few times about him yep. like guardians of the galaxy guard not guardians <laughs> of the galaxy other studios want him disney doesn't know what to do with him warner brothers has officially i guess made an offer to get James Gunn to come and write and direct Suicide Squad 2, and it sounds like it's in full talks right now. Yeah. Um, I look at this as a good thing and as a bad thing. Interesting. Not because I'm not getting Guardians of the Galaxy 3 James Gunn version because I still think they're going to use James Gunn's script. He just won't direct it. Mm -hmm. Uh, The good is I saw what he did with Guardians of the Galaxy, and I think that's amazing, and DC movies could use that. Mm-hmm. The bad I see is that there was a lang a visual language that was established with Man of Steel, Batman, Superman, and then it kind of flowed into Suicide Squad, the first movie. It wasn't it, w- it was a small departure, but it was still followed the visual language. Yeah. James Gunn is a director that I feel I don't want him to try and change the visual language. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah, I absolutely okay. understand that. Like I don't want I. I liked Suicide Squad for what it was. Yes, the movie probably could be better, but not every movie is perfect. And, um, I mean, I've seen the movie enough times to know that I really liked it. There's a couple little quibbles I have with it. However, I wouldn't want a James Gunn script to really alter the characters we know or alter the visual style
1: of what we're seeing. Yeah. Does that make sense? Does that make any sense? I'm not. Yeah, okay. I feel like um, Mm. kind of the. A lot of the visual style in *Man of Steel* and *Batman v Superman* to me, a lot has to do with how the characters look, and a lot of kind of like the textures on their suits and stuff all kind of feel like they're in this world that's, that's, that's real. Interesting, but because is my version, life.
0: my mental idea of visual style was camera work. And oh photography. Right, right, No, no, no. I got what
1: you mean, but I just, I guess with how a movie shot, camera work. Etc. I feel like that varies from director to director, but I do feel like if you watch the DCEU, all the costumes do feel like they're coming from the same world in a lot of ways, and a lot of the special effects do as well. And that it yeah. sounds weird to put such an importance on textures. Oh no, I but totally understand. I feel what you're talking like about. that's a big um, thing, and I do feel like if you watch Guardians of the Galaxy and the second one especially, there are a lot of really interesting textures in the movie as far as like different characters and different costumes yeah absolutely like i just think of that uh giant alien the team fights at the very beginning of the second one and that's like yeah that's a comedic scene but i feel like i could see that character show up on krypton and man of steel or show up in right batman v superman in a weird way with and i don't and i totally understand what you're saying i just (laughs) <laughs> I, I know I know what you're, you're worried about, though, because, uh, yeah, it's you just don't want it to change the complete vibe as that's, well as, That's like, a
0: better way of wording there, it.
1: There's I, a, there is a lot I don't of,
0: think that James Gunn should be... Give him Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Like, that's the movie he should be on. Or, um, you know, maybe give him, like, a Doom Patrol or, you know, give him, like, a Teen Titans or something like that. Like, that style of a... right i think he should be on suicide squad too but at least you understand what i'm trying to say yeah i know i I know exactly the vibe is
1: probably the perfect example i feel like batman v superman wonder woman man of steel suicide squad the cinematography was a very important part of those movies so i do know what you mean you don't want it to just feel like it doesn't fit in with the rest of what's going on so far so and like the marvel movies they
0: all look like a marvel movie Mm mm-hmm you know, and I'm not talking, like, costumes or anything like that or the textures. I'm just talking, like, they each movie is filmed like a Marvel movie. Yeah. Yes, there's, you know, you have an Ant-Man, which is a heist movie, and you have a Thor one, which is, you know, your epic god thing, and you have Captain yeah. America, which is a spy espionage thing. But they all, they all have a different type, but they look like a Marvel film. Right. And the DC movies, no matter what you're trying
1: to do, they all look the same. Mm-hmm. So, so far, Yeah, so far, at least. I, yeah, I definitely know what you mean. I think, um, I don't know, I hadn't really thought, given much thought to that angle, but I... Really it was just kind of excited when I heard it because, well, like, I'm excited. Like, James general, Gunn can so. obviously shoot an ensemble movie, and
0: like, I like a lot of his other movies that aren't comic book related. Like, Slither was great, uh, Super was great. If you like superhero yeah. stuff, you should check out Super, that one's fantastic. Yeah, but so there's other stuff that he's worked on that I really like, so I'm not opposed to this at all. I just yeah. thought it
1: was interesting that we know where James Gunn's going,
0: <laughs> yeah, for <laughs> so. sure. So,
1: um, yeah, and then there's a lot of jokes about. Drax is wanting or not Drax uh, Batista, Batista wanting wants to join the DC universe yeah, so there's all this fan art of, of Batista's Bane going around right now and stuff right. and I mean I'm interested to see where it goes I think James Gunn could do an awesome Suicide Squad movie I think though, he could so. too and that's mm. why I'm
0: excited I just it, I just don't want him to change what's been laid out in front of him right so I mean even Aquaman as d- different as it is based on what we know about Aquaman it visually looks like it fits like where it's right. supposed to fit So, all right, well, you want to move on to our list for the week? Sounds good. We're running, I don't, how how are we doing, Ryan? Are we like? About 40
1: minutes.
0: Okay. I don't like asking that on air, but I wanted to know where we're (laughs) going because I don't want to run too long. Mm -hmm. So, uh, all right, so let's move on to our top five list. Um, This list was just because we haven't done an actor yet. So, I wanted to do an actor, and I wanted to do Scarlett Johansson movies. The only reason I picked that is because I was watching Infinity War, and I was like, "Oh, let's do Scarlett Johansson movies. Mm-hmm. She's got a big body of work. Right. Um, so, Scarlett, if you're listening, we're giving you some praise tonight. <laughs> um, so, do you want to go first? Actually, yeah, sure. Wait, before we do honorable mentions, I want to mention one movie that for sure did not make my list. Okay. Fair okay? enough. Okay? It does not make an honorable mention at all. I only want to bring it up because she is worth mentioning in it. There's an old, Did you ever see the movie The Spirit? Yes. Okay. Not a good movie. It, see, I can't remember much from Okay. It. And that is the point right there. <laughs> um, I've seen the movie like twice. Yeah. The movie itself, I mean, it's based off of the Will Eisner comic book The Spirit. Yeah. Um it is not the greatest. They tried shooting it the way they the way Sin City was shot. Um mm-hmm. And I don't did that work for the movie. Did it not I don't know. What I can tell you is this: Scarlett Johansson in the movie is awesome. Like she is great in the movie, and that's like the to me that was like the best part of the movie.
1: She wasn't in <laughs> nice. the movie
0: enough. I'm like she's fantastic. You know yeah.
1: so what i remember of the spirit like is... there's,
0: there's no way the movie could make it but scarlett johansson was great for <laughs> talking her i yeah. wanted to bring that up so
1: what i remember from the spirit is at the beginning it shows the spirit running across rooftops and stuff and there's this part where he literally runs across a uh, telephone wire like it's a tightrope but he just runs across it and when i saw that i was like that was really cool and then i also remember that Samuel L. Jackson's in the movie. Right. That's it. That's all I remember from the <laughs> right. film. But... Well,
0: I do remember watching the movie the first time going, I don't understand this at all. Yeah. And then I watched the movie the second time and went, oh, I understand this. This isn't that bad. Mm-hmm. But it's not the best
1: made <laughs> movie. So okay. Okay. Um, anyway, so honorable mentions. Uh, it was my list, so you get to go first. Okay, yeah, so... My first honorable mention is The Island. So this oh. movie uh, stars Scarlett Johansson and uh, Ewan McGregor. Um, it's kind of got a... See, when I first saw it, I always related it in, to my, in my head to uh, kind of utopian society movies like The Giver or, or stories like The Giver, etc., you know, Anthem by Ayn Rand. But this movie, to me, is actually more... I had to read through the like a synopsis to refresh my memory. And that's actually why it's kind of on my honor roll mentions is I couldn't remember all the details. Okay. So when I saw it, I thought it was great. Um, I thought she made a really good character in it, but it's just it didn't stick with me the way it should. But I know that it's it's Michael Bay. And I know Drew, me and you have talked about this where this is possibly like. Michael Bay's magnum opus, like his Wait, best this is Michael. Creation. This is
0: Michael Bay's best movie. Yeah, yeah,
1: and I, I, I do think it's a really enjoyable flick, but through the test of time, I just it hasn't stuck with me like a lot of other movies. So that's why it only made an okay. honorable mention. Essentially,
0: um, this movie is I really like The Island a lot. Yeah. Um, I remember seeing the trailer for it, and then thinking I gotta go see this movie. I knew nothing other than what was in the trailer. It was kind of original. It didn't have any source material to it. It was kind of its own yeah. thing. Walked into the theater and I remember sitting there, going, "All right, I'm digging this dystopian future, like something sci-fi world. What's going on?" And then I remember getting bored, <laughs> and I thought to myself, "Where is this going?" Right. And I started to really like, okay, whatever. I'm not. I'm starting to not like the movie. And then they, and then the movie gave a twist mm-hmm. in the middle. Not like at the end, in the middle. And, it, and it, I, don't, I don't want to say even say the middle. I want to say maybe like a third of the way through, there's yeah. a twist. And then suddenly you're like, wait, what's going on? <laughs> and suddenly it became this really like immersive, like, oh, now I understand all of this. And mm-hmm. it got really exciting and it became a roller coaster all the way to the end. I really liked the island a lot. So I totally hear you for putting it on there. And then that's one, I like recommending it to people. But I don't. I always try and get them to not read the synopsis on the back of the box. Right. Like, don't read a description of this movie because the twist is in the synopsis. And
1: that's a that's amazing. everywhere. It's on yeah. the back
0: of the box. It's on the it's on the synopsis. If you see it on like TNT or like you know HBO <laughs> or something, the it's, old you know, TV
1: guide channel, the t- synopsis, like it's, is, it's all yeah. there.
0: And I'm like, why would you do that? Like that that's kind of ruining the movie. Yeah. Just let someone watch I totally it understand
1: that, and I do love that sort of twist where it. You're revealed something, and then it's just like everything you thought about this world is not what it is, and it just brings you into right. like this huge, bigger part of the story, and that's really why this made my list. But like I said, I don't remember a lot of the details and how things went where they went. So,
0: all right. So uh, my first honorable mention is the other Boleyn girl. Okay. Did you ever see this?
1: No, I've. Uh, yeah.
0: Ryan shaking his head, so he never saw it.
1: <laughs> I, I've heard. I've heard a little bit about it. Most people, I know, say they don't like it, but <laughs> but go on.
0: <laughs> um, I liked this movie because Scarlett Johansson's fantastic. Really, this is a um, this is a historical movie. It's basically the story of Anne Boleyn mm-hmm. um, and Henry the Eighth and that kind of thing. So they, it's their love story. But Anne Boleyn had a sister, and Anne Boleyn wasn't providing an heir, and so there was, you know what I mean? Like they weren't. It's it's this weird love triangle thing. Visually, the movie looks great. The actor, you know, Natalie Portman plays Anne Boleyn. Okay. Um, the acting was great. The movie as a whole is not the best movie. But this is an honorable mention for me because of how good Scarlett Johansson is. Right. Like I told you, my, my standards for how I pick my movies kind of comes down to what am I focusing on when I pick these movies, and then what do I think is actually a really good movie.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, Notice I this agree. is an honorable mention mm-hmm. because I liked her in the movie. So. Well, that's kind of like on a previous list. like I had Ang Lee's Hulk as an honorable mention where I don't necessarily know if I think that's like up there enough to be on my list but there was enough i liked about it that i wanted to mention it so i totally get that sure Um, anyways uh want should i go on to my next one yeah go ahead i didn't have Uh, much to say about it i just really liked her in the movie so mm um my next honorable mention is lucy so um this is the story of uh scarlett johansson plays a girl who is kind of Tricked into becoming a drug mule, at, but the drug she's carrying—this <laughs> was a fun movie. So yeah, go ahead. The, the drug ends up getting like sewn into her, so kind of like an organ transplant, and she has to. Uh, I think she smuggles it into Europe somewhere. She was living in uh, Taiwan, I think, at the beginning, and she ends up go. She ends up trying to smuggle it into Europe. Long story short, the bag or whatever inside of her breaks, and this is this drug gets into her system, but it has the potential to. Basically, have, make your mind reach 100% full potential. Yeah, so, and give if, you... so
0: they, say that every, they say we only use 10% of our brains. Yes. Which is weird when I think about that <laughs> concept and then I understand how my brain functions. I'm like, mm-hmm. it's got to be a little more or I'm just above average. But um, <laughs> but the uh, but, So she's going to achieve the ability to use 100% of her brain mm-hmm. at all times. Which, and there's some really, kind of, in my opinion, some hard-to-watch scenes in this movie, but... Due to, like, a gore factor, essentially, or... Some of it's due to gore factor, some of it's just due to subject matter. Okay. Because there's time, like, there's times you're watching any movie that the subject matter could just be... You know, on like a nerve twisting kind of thing. Like, ooh, you know, you start getting squirmy in your seat. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, I don't like needles, or I don't like, yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? I'm not saying needles are in the movie. I'm just saying like, there's that can happen to anybody. Oh, I don't like spiders. You start squirming. Like, (laughs) ooh, that's a surgery scene that I'm like having trouble watching. (laughs) Yeah, there was. I I I felt there was a lot of that while I was watching this movie. So Mm -hmm. I can definitely see that. The movie's really good though. So yeah,
1: I think uh, her performance is really good in this movie too. Where she starts out as like a normal girl and then. Once this happens and she can access all of her brain, she kind of turns more ruthless, almost more like almost emotionless just because of how much on a higher level she is than everybody else. My
0: favorite scene in this movie of her performance is when she calls her mother Mm -hmm. and tries to explain to her mother what's going on, but she doesn't, it's almost like she can't grasp the right words to explain Mm -hmm. to her mom what's going on. And her mom doesn't understand but Scarlett's performance while she's on the phone
1: is astounding so mm-hmm, right on i think uh just one more thing is i just think this movie does a really good job of being a really cool action movie with a lot of really cool action sequences but also introducing these really esoteric concepts that are just really interesting and make you think and uh some of the in- imagery to go along with those concepts going through the movie becomes really interesting as well so right all right. That's my pick. <laughs> so my last honorable mention is Ghost in the Shell.
0: Nice. So I said we were going to talk about that. Um, I don't want to take too much time on that because I, f- I feel like we're running long on honorable mentions, which is good that we're doing that because <laughs> we want to talk about these mm-hmm. movies. But um, So Ghost in the Shell is based off of the original anime, Ghost in the Shell. Um, and when I say based on the original anime, you can watch Ghost in the Shell the anime, then watch the live-action Scarlett Johansson anime, and it is shot for shot, image for image, line for line, the exact same movie. <laughs> that's crazy. That's cool. That, that's um, so. So, and it well that that is what when I found out. So there was a controversy that they cast Scarlett Johansson as Major, which is the main character of Ghost in the Shell. Right. And when I heard this, now I remember. Um, I want to say Ghost in the Shell, the anime came out in the nine in nineteen ninety. I think that's right. Um, there's a lot of nudity with the Mm -hmm. main character in the anime. Um, It's mostly topless nudity, but because Scarlett Johansson's in all these Marvel films and she's kind of becoming a house, she's basically a household name at this point. When when they casted her as this, I was like, really? They're casting Scarlett (laughs) Johansson as Major? I'm like, that's awesome because she's great. And I saw it right away. The controversy was they didn't cast anyone who was Asian in the movie. But what I thought was interesting is that the, creator of the anime always said that major was supposed to be an american
1: oh really yeah See, i didn't know that but he always but wanted cool. he always
0: wanted the major to be played to be as caucasian american yeah you know that race so and i was like well then that's fine then stop the controversy yeah. i get that issue of the uh whitewashing but at the same time
1: Actually, um, I kind of remember seeing some of that backlash a little bit and kind of following the story as it progressed when this was going on. And I remember, um, it was a lot of people over here were complaining that like, oh, you should have hired a Japanese actress or she should be Asian. But as far as from what I've read, the general population in Japan had absolutely no problem with it. Well, yeah, probably Um, because they knew what I just said. Yeah, exactly. Um, and if you go back to uh, like the movie Memoirs of a Geisha, the main character should be Japanese, but it's actually a Chinese actress who plays her. And I guess that actually really irked a lot of the people in Japan. So right. this, on the other hand, nobody had a problem right. with except exactly. over here. So yeah.
0: And um, but no, she looks like Major. She you know, and when they the way they handled the nudity of Major was really cool because so. The Ghost in the Shell. The basic plot of this is this girl dies, mm-hmm. and they transfer her consciousness into a robot that then becomes like a member of like a uh, robotic police force. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when they the way they handled the nudity, like in the in the anime, it's nudity. Yeah. The way they handle it in the movie, in the live action movie with her, it's. She's a robot, so it's almost like she's got this, like, weird bodysuit on. Right. So it's, it's a, just, like... Almost, kind of
1: like a... It's clearly... Ex Machina, almost, or something. R- right, but there's no, like, nudity. It's, like, right. clearly she's naked, but it's... Oh, I was thinking She looks like a robot, like... Sorry, I was thinking of an Ex Machina before she puts on the
0: oh, right. human skin.
1: Uh, or human-looking yes, skin. Yes, but
0: it's skin-like coverings.
1: Right. And it's I, like I, I, I've i seen the, tr- the trailer, and, so. and it kind of looked like a... Uh, neoprene suit or something yeah it almost looked like, it a, like almost like
0: a skin colored wetsuit yeah. in a way um, but I thought that was handled really well mm-hmm. so and then the action sequences like I said it was great but that's the thing it was shot for shot image for image line for line everything was exactly like the internet. yeah they took no it was like no liberties <laughs> on any of it the opening credit sequence is exact theme song and all mm-hmm. it's exact so I was just impressed with that attention to detail.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, uh, that's really interesting. I definitely want to watch it. It's something that typically I don't like, I'm typically not always in favor of like live action animes, but I wouldn't mind watching this movie. So I think it's just kind of, I just haven't gone out of my way for it, but I definitely want to check it (laughs) out. So we
0: can move on to the rest of our list. I'll just put it this way. Um, I seemed to felt like I understood the story a little bit better, live action, than I oh, did really? anime. And I don't know why that was. Yeah. <laughs> but oh, um, cool. I was like, oh, I get this more. I also, in 1990, I wasn't as old as I am now. Yeah. So I could have grown up and I understand the world differently than oh, I did yeah. back then. Yeah, that's <laughs> so actually really that might interesting. So that might be why I understood it a little <laughs> that's bit That's a really interesting so.
1: concept. Can I throw one more Ghost in the Oh, absolutely. Right so I just thought this was hilarious. Um, like Drew said, the anime came out early 90s. 1990 probably, we're not certain. Anyways, there was a magazine cover, I don't know if it was Empire or what it was, before the live-action Ghost in the Shell with Scarlett Johansson came out, and it said Ghost in the Shell, and the subtitle was The New Matrix. And that was just kind of like a thing that blew up in the small corner of the internet. Like, what the heck, this movie this you know this inspired the matrix what are you talking about like because it's ghost re- in the shell i remember well.
0: seeing that and i think my copy of the original ghost in the shell actually says that on the box on the dvd box because because it was uh and it was like a reprinting
1: of the movie was after the matrix and came and out you know what when we get out of here we're gonna go i'm gonna go look yeah but, <laughs> so. but it, it's just the concept so funny to me because like Ghost in the Shell is literally one of the things that inspired the Wachowski brothers to make The Matrix, so I just right. <laughs> think that's really humorous. <laughs> All right. Well, um, let's move on to, on, to, pick, right? on to your first actual pick, because yes. we're my, done with that, no, <laughs> My first honor, or actual pick is Captain America Civil War. So, um... I uh, match this for you. Okay, yeah. awesome. Um, so, if you don't know this movie... I'm uh, pretty, did you say Civil War? Yeah. Oh. Or, I, yeah, Civil War. Oh, I do not match this, sorry. Okay, so... This movie is um, essentially after the aftermath of Avengers Age of Ultron due to collateral damage. <laughs> Before you the, continue, how many Marvel films actually made your list? I mean, I don't want to spoil it, but... Well, you could say five if you watched. <laughs> no, it's, it's not okay. five. Go um, ahead. <laughs> but yeah, after the aftermath of Age of Ultron, as well as all the other Marvel movies, the government, specifically the UN, wants to control the Avengers and superheroes, put regulations on them. Tony Stark is in favor of it. Captain America is not. Other superheroes kind of choose their sides, and it's this kind is of a an all-out war. Yes. Yeah.
0: Is there a Scarlett Johansson movie? Is there a because Scarlett Johansson has played Black Widow in like I want to say maybe eight movies now. Yeah. Um. Is there a reason you chose this Scarlett Johansson role over other ones? I'll say or do that. Or just pref- Is this like your favorite of the Marvel films?
1: This is not my favorite of the Marvel films, um, but uh, I I picked it because I like it as a movie as a whole. Um, Specifically, as a uh, movie, this has one of my favorite Black Widow moments, and that's when uh, she is the person in the way of... uh... Okay, so there's this awesome epic airport battle scene in Civil War, and at the very end... It is Steve Rogers and Bucky, you know, Captain America, the Winter Soldier, about to get on an airplane. And uh, the only person standing in their way is Black Widow, and she ends up letting them actually go through. And that's one of my favorite moments with her, so I can say that. But, um, yeah, I just think Civil War, like, I just think it's an awesome movie. It has one of my favorite fight fight scenes in Marvel. I think the twists in it are really cool. I think at the end what makes... There's a point at the end where Iron Man is about to be kind of on Bucky and Steve's side. And then he decides to go against them. And how that all comes into play is a really awesome sort of reveal, I guess. So, all right. um, I mean, everybody knows this movie, so I don't know how much to no, necessarily I know. say it, about yeah, it. Yeah, but... no,
0: I hear you. I'm not, this is, I'm not a big, f- <coughs> Civil War is, it's such a well-made movie but it is definitely not one of my favorites.
1: Okay, fair like,
0: enough. I, I have issues with Civil War as a movie. I have issues with Civil War as a comic. Okay. So that's that's why I was wondering if there was a Scarlett Johansson moment that really yeah, like, yeah, made sure. it shine for you in terms of the Marvel mm-hmm. films. Um, so, yeah,
1: I don't know what else to say about Civil War. Um, about. I will say this, Tom Holland's performance as Spider-Man in this has been my favorite Spider-Man performance, including Infinity War and Homecoming. And Homecoming. Like, okay. I thought he was the most likable and the funniest and the best in. Oh, the Civil this was that—that so. that
0: made us all go, "Give me a Spider-Man movie yeah. now!" Like, yeah. you know, we were all like, "Why don't we have this right now?" So. Um, yeah, all right. Well, I'll get this one out of the way. I only didn't bring it up because we were talking honorable mentions and not the list, but The Island. Nice. <laughs> um, that'll be my first pick because, I mean, we could talk about that more, but it's such a fantastic movie. And if you haven't seen The Island, you should. It's amazing. So um, I'm just going to hand it right back to you. Awesome.
1: So. Uh, okay, so my next pick is The Jungle Book, the recent Disney live-action movie. Oh, yeah. Movie. So Scarlett Johansson plays Ka, the snake, in this movie. Um and this is, to be honest, I... I love the song. Yeah. Trust like, in me. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. I. That's
0: it's awesome to hear her do that.
1: And I think Trust in Me as well as Bare Necessities are the only songs from the original that actually made it right. into this one. Um, this movie, I actually did think it was cool when she played Ka. I definitely was like, who's that voice? And then I realized it was Scarlett Johansson, and that was really cool. Um The other thing that just makes me like this movie a lot is the uh, kid who plays Mowgli has such a good performance and he just kind of makes the movie like he really did a good job of making like a really likable character while just acting I think almost purely from his own imagination like he's not acting with real animals these are all CGI creatures and I don't even know if the sets, like I don't even know if he was in a jungle when he was performing a lot of this. <laughs> I think a lot of it was like a green screen thing. And it's like, to an extent, I don't know how far you can even say it's a live action movie. So just because of how much of it is CGI, you know, I know they're going to do a live action Lion King. I don't know. I feel like it's just going to be a really realistic animated live or Lion King. But um, yeah, I mean, I also, like I said, I'm, Taking like uh, kind of like how I was talking about with Ghost in the Shell. Taking anime movies, I don't always think they need to be made into live action. Like I'm fine with them being animated. They don't like, need. They don't need
0: to. I, I like them. The being, ones that have been, you know.
1: I I, I like them being animated because it appeals more to my imagination I think but and the same with the Disney movies like I'm not always necessarily in favor of these live actioning of well, them all
0: well strap in because no you're I know for sure all of them you see with, the Aladdin poster they released? <laughs> yeah <laughs> with
1: that being said so far the Jungle Book I actually did really enjoy and um pete's dragon i actually am oh really i think was really okay. awesome actually that's so. nice
0: to hear because when i saw the trailer for pete's dragon i'm like have how you, did, you have you seen it i haven't it's so good but when it's i like watched really the, good but when i watched the trailer i was like you broke pete's dragon how why would you do that like
1: <laughs> <laughs> this isn't pete's dragon what'd you do to it it's, it's completely different than the source material i know that's why i was but like how did you why did you film? break it and it's um, like if you don't shed a tear at the end, you just are heartless. I think so. No. All right. well, I say the
0: same thing about when Artex died at um, the um, the never ending story. So. Right on. Yeah. <laughs> um,
1: so what's your next pick?
0: All right. So my next pick is. Um, all right, I'll get. I, I got to get these two out of the way, so these will be my next two picks. So my first one I'm going to talk about is Avengers: Infinity War. Um, there's not like a Scarlett Johansson moment that really stands out to me in this because black widow is very downplayed in this and we talked about infinity war earlier in the few episodes back it's just a really really good movie like top to bottom it's just <laughs> a good movie so i just wanted so i'm gonna i'm gonna be short on this
1: one and just say infinity war and call it a day so go nice. ahead <laughs> um unless and we matched on that so. no actually actually we didn't i actually feel like what you said about captain america where it's like you acknowledge it's a really good movie but there's little things that bug you I oh think sure that's me with infinity war actually oh that's where, okay yeah it wasn't it wasn't for me what i think it was for everybody else but okay it's definitely a good pick and i enjoyed it overall and stuff like that so uh my next pick is the avengers no the first the first, first avengers right. movie so this movie is marvel's avengers or the avengers because that's
0: those are two different movies. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, one of them had Scarlett Johansson. Uh, right. One of them had Uma Thurman. But uh, yeah. So yeah, yes, Marvel's uh, The Avengers. This movie. Walking out of the theater after seeing this movie, I was just so pumped up. Like I just wanted to raise my hand in the air and yell at the top of my lungs about how much I just loved this film that I just saw. In the time and place that I saw it, it was just such an amazing feeling. And it's to the point of there's not a lot of comic book movies that have made me feel that excited. Wonder Woman is like the only other one that sticks out of my mind that's like close to as excited about life. I felt leaving Wonder Woman was very similar to the Avengers. Right. But so... this movie was, when I saw it, I, I loved the characters. I loved the banter. I loved the action in it. As time's gone on, watching the Avengers, I feel like I'm—I mean, for lack of a better phrase—an addict chasing a high. Where when I rewatch that movie, I don't get that feeling anymore. But when I first got it, it was such a special experience that I think that's why I made it makes my list. It's probably gonna be like my top five Marvel movies. Like, okay, that's for fair. the rest of the time. It's probably gonna be like be there, but. Parts of it don't hold up for me as well. As I had stuff first, going so. on in
0: my life when that movie came out, so I didn't get to the theater right away. Yeah. By the time I saw the movie, yeah. the hype for the movie <laughs> was so big mm-hmm. that I walked out going, what? I've definitely been like, there. That's what, what everybody... Mean. like. And and the problem was, and I, was I watching the movie trying to find problems mm-hmm. with it? Was I watching the movie not agreeing with everybody? <laughs> I don't know, but I was like, it's not... It, I don't think – it definitely is – if I were to do a top five Marvel films of Marvel Phase 1, it's definitely on the list. But I if I was talking, like, a Marvel films altogether, I don't yeah. know if it makes the top five because I I have problems with the movie as a whole. Like, there's so many spots in the movie. I'm like, no. But then there's so yeah. many spots in the movie that I'm like, yes, that's awesome. Yeah, exactly. You know? So the hype destroyed the first <laughs> Avengers yeah. for me. And I watched it, like, five times – in a row, trying to change my own opinion, mm-hmm. and my opinion to this day, after seeing it probably 15 or so times still stands it and is think, definitely not one of my favorites
1: i wonder if like you're trying too hard when you watch it like trying to like it too much maybe i because am I don't when know. i saw it i kind of wasn't trying anything and i just went in the theater and let the magic happen sort of thing but maybe
0: i am and maybe that was just in a weird time in my life when i was yeah. not agreeing with it and i don't know because <laughs> marvel's doing the lord's work so
1: <laughs> i think that uh when it comes to phase one marvel you have Iron Man which is kind of its own the first Iron Man film is kind of its own little masterpiece in a weird way and then all the other movies are pretty good and then you have Avengers that just brings it brings them all together and it for the time it was such a spectacular way that had never been done before and it was just bringing all these characters together and besides Iron Man putting them in a better movie that it just was such a cool feeling to have sure so i think right. that's maybe what you missed out on i guess maybe i don't know i mean we can try to dissect this all night sure but i mean yeah one second I <laughs> this, so. what's I your agree. next pick all right so my next pick is hitchcock okay you never seen see this no all
0: right so they did a biopic of alfred hitchcock and instead of necess- it wasn't necessarily a biopic of Hitchcock as a person, so much as it was a. It was like a dual story. It was partially a biopic of Alfred Hitchcock, but it was also the story of how he made Psycho. Um, so it was basically like the biopic of the making of Psycho. Mm. And um, Scarlett Johansson plays the girl that gets murdered in the movie Psycho. Yeah. So. There's conspiracy about him having problems with his wife and, you know, uh, him having – or problems in his marriage and then him having problems with the studio because he's like – because Hitchcock was making all these other movies and he comes up and says, I want to make this movie Psycho, which is based off of a novel. Mm -hmm. And the studio's like, really? You want to do this? This is dumb. (laughs) And no one believed in it. No one – whatever. But he knew – that the scene and where the girl gets murdered in the shower was the scene, and it is not, and it is still to this day one of the most iconic scenes in all oh, of film sure. history, ever, like ever. There's like it's it's up. It's probably on the top five. If you were to make a list of the top five most iconic scenes in the entirety of film history, that's probably on the list, if not an honorable mention.
1: I mean, it's it's at least you definitely have, deserve. Tons of credit for picking that scene at least. Right, you know? exactly.
0: So he knew in the movie, he's like his whole basis for this movie, making the movie Psycho, is the shower scene. And he knew that that was a scene that would catch the audience. And it's great. So they cast Scarlett Johansson as the girl who's going to get murdered in the movie. So you get to see this all behind the scenes, like how they did... You actually get to see some how they did some things, and you get to see some on-set stuff. One of my favorite scenes of the movie as a whole... Is Hitchcock at the premiere of Psycho, and he's standing in the lobby outside of the theater, and he's listening at the door for the shower scene, mm. and he hears the audience scream, and he just does that like really quiet fist pump, like yes, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> he does the yes, I got it, you know mm-hmm. that kind of thing. That's so, so awesome. Um, it was just it's a really it's probably my favorite scene in the whole movie, but the movie itself is fantastic. That sounds I've never heard of it. I really yeah. want to watch this. There's, I think it's there's great. two movies. There's two Hitchcock biopics. I like I watched both. I like the Scarlett Johansson one the best. So Nice. Um, but yeah, you should if you if you like movies and that kind of thing, it's it's really solid.
1: Yeah, I mean so. I I love Psycho and I remember uh, as a kid getting really into the Psycho two and three they would play on the sci fi channel and just getting into the lore of his relationship with his mom and stuff and yeah. I mean I'd really love to watch this movie at some point, so um, I think that leads me to my next pick. Yep. I have a feeling we matched for this one. My next pick is Captain America, the Winter Soldier. We did, okay. and that's why <laughs> that's why when I was like, oh, hey, we matched, no, yeah. we didn't. <laughs> um, so go ahead. This movie, I think, is kind of generally considered the, like, the best. This is the top notch of the N- MCU. I totally agree. Um, as far as, like little bits and pieces of other movies there might be little little bits and pieces of other movies here and there that i like more but this movie i really recognize is like this is such a good movie this movie is more than a superhero movie it's a political thriller um scarlett johansson is a big part of this movie as well um
0: this is the most black widow you get out of all the marvel movies right i mean it's her and captain america for the whole movie hmm so, I mean, it's those two characters. Like, this is... If I had to pick my favorite Scarlett Johansson movie of the 20 Marvel movies, this is it. Yeah. If I had to pick my favorite Marvel movie, this is probably it. <laughs> right, right, So
1: And this is definitely really high up for me as, like, but they, my favorite Marvel what's movie. Gr-
0: what I think is really great about this movie, and I know Ryan... Honestly, and you're gonna, some of our viewers are probably gonna shake their heads when I say this. Has not watched any of the Marvel films, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I would say this is that they took the Captain America. Um, this is one you can watch by yourself, mm-hmm. like by itself. You don't have to have any preconceived knowledge, really, of anything. Like, there's a couple things that might make a little more sense to you, but. For the most part, you can just watch this movie on its own, and they took the Captain America story that they were telling and made it a espionage, like, old-school spy thriller. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's what lends to the
1: story being so solid. Mm-hmm. You know, so... Yeah, and I, I love the... Um, I mean, we were talking about the island and how there's a twist in it where just everything kind of yeah, and changes again, and this means. And I same. don't want to say,
0: oh, hey, look for the twist because a lot of people tell you that you'll never see the twist coming. <laughs> and here's the thing, and that usually means it's at the end of the movie and you watch the movie up to the twist point and then the twist happens and yeah. then you're just like, oh, my gosh! Yeah. You know, but if you tell me there's a twist, you spoiled the fact that there's a twist. The twist in Captain America, just like the
1: island, is in the middle. Yes, and it's it's just one of those things that they put in there, and it completely changes all the Marvel movies that came before it, it and everything afterwards. Like it's, before it, afterwards, and the movie as a whole, everything yes. flips on its head, and the implications of that twist are so vast. Mm-hmm. And it's it's something that even. Uh, makes you second guess like the world we're leaving, living in and how, you know, politically things are run and stuff like that. And I just love those like conspiratorial you know, theories and stuff like really that. It's really funny.
0: I always I, I always like to joke about how, you know, when I was in high school it was like you you everyone's got their cliques. and you have your popular kids and you have your, your nerdy kids and you have your you know maybe your theater group or you have the you know yeah. the band geeks and that kind of thing. And when I like to think that, you know, the jocks had their time, but the nerds rule this planet. Mm-hmm. And every time I like and every time I make a joke about that and someone kind of like, "Oh, ha ha, nerds run the planet." Here's what I got to say about that. Robert Redford, one of the greatest <laughs> actors in the history of film, in Captain America: The Winter Soldier said, "Hail Hydra." Right on. As far as I'm concerned, we won.
1: <laughs>
0: so yeah, we won. We were on the planet. So, yeah, no, Winter Soldier. Um yes, I I could, you know, again be talking about this movie for the rest of the night,
1: so I don't want to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we could be going. I about. also um one of my favorite scenes is uh has Scarlett Johansson in it and it's that very first scene when they go onto i think it's like a hydra battleship or something like that yeah and the rescue like the, the shield agents yeah the that. very first mission and uh that's just such a cool scene cuz i started watching it and i'm like this is almost like out of metal gear solid or something like this yeah, sneaking it was, around it's the, but it's it's like the whole opening to metal gear solid 2 yeah, <laughs> with Gaffin <but, Captain> america <laughs> but it's like uh you know it's it's super powered like it's somebody with super strength and enhanced abilities and it just it's such a cool scene. So, yeah, I'm trying to think: is there like a really good Scarlet moment? No, everything. I
0: think, everything for me, it's probably everything in the mall, like
1: right, when they're being chased and they're on
0: foot by them in the mall, through them getting to the big twist in the middle. <laughs> right, right. Um, and I say that because Scarlett Johansson in that in these moments of the movie is very, she's very normal human. Does that make sense? Because she's she's a spy. Mm -hmm. Black Widow is a spy. It's all espionage. It's all the mission. It's all, you know, it's partial business, but she understands how to flirt. She was taught how to use her body and her powers as a woman to, you know, get the information she needs to. But you always see her in these badass kickery type things. (laughs) This is a situation where she had to be real with Captain America. Right. And you got to see her be a little vulnerable. And you got to see her be, you got to see Black Widow be normal. And later, when we see some of the other Marvel films, you'll get scenes like that with her, which is great. But those are probably my favorite pieces with Scarlett Johansson in them. So, yeah. Yeah, I agree.
1: Okay. Um, All right, man, what's your last Yeah, I guess that moves on to my last one, which is The Prestige. All right. So I'll just say straight up. This made my short list. Right. So, um, go ahead. I'll say straight up, out of all the Scarlett Johansson movies we've talked about, I think this is my favorite one. Uh, I also think this is my favorite Christopher Nolan movie. Um, wow. I Yeah. Bold statement. Yeah, I really Stacking think Stacking it, it is. with The Dark Knight, um, but go ahead. This movie is just, I went into it and I feel like it's kind of before Chris Nolan was a really big name as a director. Like, he was and he wasn't. I feel like Once Dark Knight came out, he was a household name, but at this point he still wasn't maybe as well-known. So I actually didn't know he directed this at first, but I was just brought into this really interesting world of uh, the life of magicians that I just didn't expect to think about. And uh, I just find this movie fascinating how it goes through the magicians process and how they all have a workshop and kind of, it shows an insight into the secrets behind the magicians craft in this movie. Um, Scarlett Johansson plays a huge role where she is, um... The two magicians in the movie are played by Hugh Jackman and, uh... uh, Christian Bale. Christian Bale, sorry, thank you. Um, And they end up sparking a rivalry because I think it's... uh, Hugh Jackman accidentally lets Christian Bale's wife around? Or is it the other way around? Uh... They they used to be... They they used to be assistants to another magician. And there's an accident where one of their wives dies. And they... Blame each other for it and it causes a big rivalry. Yeah. So then I'm they. i
0: blanking on whose wife yeah, it was, yeah. but go
1: ahead. So they end up becoming uh, like they're like big name magicians in their own rights. And uh, Scarlett Johansson is the assistant of Hugh Jackman and he sends her to spy, to kind of be a spy and become uh, assistant of Christian Bales um, to learn his most. Amazing trick—the one trick that Hugh Jack and let's not spoil what that trick is. Let's right, right. I'm not going to say too much, but let's actually be respectful
0: on that because the twist for that, how that, (laughs) how about this? I can't say it's a twist, but the reveal of how that trick works when you finally get to see it kind Um, of blew my mind. So,
1: yeah, I mean, both magicians kind of have make their own version of doing this trick and. On both sides, it's actually a very, very interesting process. Um, What I was going to say is Scarlett Johansson, when she does go to spy on Christian Bale, ends up becoming romantic with him, and she kind of has to play both sides of the coin, where she's trying to cooperate with Hugh Jackman and Christian Bale at the same time. It's kind of an interesting dichotomy. Um, I mean, Michael Caine's in this movie. uh, Basically,
0: Christopher Nolan said... I'm just making a movie with all my friends because, and if you watch is all, is that of, what he is
1: that what he said? He has
0: to because if you watch all of his <laughs> movies, it's all the same cast members, like yeah. all the time.
1: <laughs> so, mm-hmm. but I just think I don't know this movie. Like, it's just so interesting to me. Like, it's such the premise is interesting, but the story has so many cool I mean, twists I'd and have turns. I have
0: to check, but I think aside from Memento.
1: Michael Caine's in every Christopher Nolan movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's really interesting. But, but uh, yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't doubt that. I just think it's a super solid flick. So, I mean, it's just another one. Not a ton to say. I just think if you haven't seen the Prestige, go watch it because it's amazing in my opinion. Right. So,
0: well, my final pick is a movie called Match Point. Okay. Have you ever seen this? I haven't seen no. Match Point. Ryan's nodding his head. Have you seen Match Point, Ryan? Okay. Um, Match Point. Um, Jonathan Rhys Myers, uh, Scarlett Johansson, um, why am I blank? Emily Mortimer. Um, this is a movie that is written and directed by Woody Allen, but it is unlike any Woody Allen movie you'd see. Like you know, we talked about visual languages. Yeah. People generally know what a Woody Allen movie is. That is not what this is. This is a very dark romance film. Like mm-hmm. Jonathan Rhys Myers is, you know, he's engaged to be he's engaged to Adam, emily mortimer's character and they're building their you know relationship and scarlett johansson is dating emily mortimer's brother and jonathan reese myers and charlotte johansson have an affair so it's dark subject matter type stuff and then like and it's it's all about how jonathan reese myer has to deal with the fact that he's in love with these two women for two completely different reasons but it's almost like he wants to be with scarlett johansson more and he doesn't know how to deal with this. And you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. it's it's a very gripping movie. Yeah. But when I think about it as how well made of a movie it is and how well written. And it's not your standard Woody Allen dialogue. Like Woody Allen has tends to have a specific way he writes movies too. Yeah. This is not standard Woody Allen. Mm-hmm. It's very it's much it's a huge departure from his normal stuff. And I wanna preface that because I think Sometimes when you say Woody Allen, people are like, oh, really? And I don't know why they roll their eyes. There's nothing wrong with Woody Allen. He just has a visual, mm-hmm. and, you know, verbal language to himself. And that's, you don't get this at all. Woody Allen's not even in the movie. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so it's, but this movie is really, really, really good. So, and I almost can't speak highly enough about it, but I also don't want to yeah. oversell it.
1: So, um, my friend, uh, my friend has this theory that every movie needs to have the titular, the titular line in it. So if he thinks that at the, at the end of Batman Begins, uh, Batman he wants Batman to be gliding across the city of Gotham and commissioned Gordon to say, Well, I guess Batman Begins, for example. Like he wants the title of every movie to be in a okay. line of the movie. Does Matchpoint have that? Uh, or is it more of a metaphor?
0: Matchpoint is the title Match Point is more of a metaphor.
1: referencing
0: a tennis match
1: okay so that's really weird because what i (laughs) what i gleaned from the title is you think of a like a match that you light fire with and the point of it has this potential to freaking explode and i was like that's such a cool title for a movie meaning that's like (laughs) i'm trying to tiptoe around the situation but Stuff's going to go bad soon. This is going to burn up. And so that's what I was kind of hoping that it was a metaphor, but much well, different direction it, than it I expected. It kind of
0: is, but it's referring, but the title match point is actually referring to tennis, Okay, um, which isn't really necessarily a part of the movie either, but <laughs> Okay, it's interesting. interesting because there's a, there's a, there's a monologue that references what, when you, when you get to the monologue part, you're just like, Oh, like that's the title, but mm-hmm. you know, so right on. Yeah it's it's really good i really like this movie a lot so scarlet i hope you listened uh we kind of blew you up for a little bit there and uh Mm -hmm. uh, gave you a lot of praise because uh i'm definitely a scarlett johansson fan so
1: um yeah i'm surprised lost in the translation didn't make either list (laughs) Um, because as i my short list (laughs) ryan's Ryan's just pointing it to himself angrily right now (laughs) is that your favorite scar joe movie yeah, you'd say yeah, so. <laughs> Ryan's just mad, yeah.
0: What did he say to her? Um, <laughs> uh, at any rate, so next week, normally uh, this becomes, so I picked this one, normally this would be Pete's Pick, yes. but this is a planned episode, so we're actually going to move Pete's Pick one week off, yes. because next week will be Halloween, so we're going to discuss some Halloween movies, so we decided we're going to do a Halloween episode, and we're doing horror movies in a general sense so just our top five favorite horror movies we talked about how we could do zombie movies or we could do vampire movies we could do slasher films but and when it came down to it this is our first halloween It's our first planned episode yes. let's do like be basic and just pick our top five favorite
1: it's a good movies. pick because we'll get some more variety in there it will. If, if you don't like slasher movies and you don't want to hear us talking about the different ways Freddy, Jason, or Michael are killing people, you know, you might get more out of the, more variety. So So just scary movies in general. Um, So we'll save that for uh, next week. For sure. Okay, so um, with that being said, I want everybody to remember that you can email us. We always welcome that, which is top5report at gmail.com. Look for us on iTunes, top 5 Report uh twitter we are at top five report and facebook is the same at top five report remember to spell out the the five but i don't know if it always matters um with that being said what um, about subscribe to us oh for sure subscribe to <laughs> us give us your five uh, star rating um yeah find us on itunes subscribe
0: to us give us a uh... Give us a review. We like hearing the feedback. So obviously we'd love the five stars, but be honest. So Mm -hmm. give us your actual opinion.
1: And uh, Uh, Drew, where can people find you online?
0: uh, You can follow me personally at Drew3927 on Twitter and
1: Instagram. I am way more active on Twitter, but you can find me in both places. Sweet. And you can follow me on Twitter at Ninja Pierre. Um, That's where I'm most active. Ryan, do you have anything to plug or any final thoughts? Okay, so I wanted to leave everybody with a quick quote from my favorite Scarlett Johansson movie, The Prestige. Uh, Cutter, who is Michael Caine's character in The Prestige, and he says The magician shows you something ordinary. The magician takes that ordinary something and makes it do something extraordinary.